Hey, 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 it's your girl, Coach T. That's right, Tierra Curry. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode, Changed Up Now What Nation. When you think about faith, purpose, and empowerment, you have to be thinking about my next guest. This compassionate woman knows what it takes to get you past your pain while thriving into your purpose. Please welcome businesswoman, mother, entrepreneur, and profound speaker, Keisha Smith. K. Smith. Hey, Keisha. Hey, hey. hey. <laughs> Girl, how you been holding up with all of this stuff going on? Honey, listen, it has been whew, a roller coaster ride <laughs> mentally and emotionally. It's like, hey, am I pulling out my hair today? Am I just popping in the AirPods and trying to find a quiet place? Yes, yes. It has been very interesting. Um, I'll say this whole year. So <laughs> I'll say I'm thriving and trying to survive over here. <laughs> well, you're doing a good. You make it look flawless over there. <laughs> That's so, like that's in front of the camera. You know, they always see the the good stuff. They don't see what goes on. Oh behind. goodness, I say it all the time. <laughs> if the cameras could follow us all day, ooh. Mm, well, we're just gonna go ahead and hop right into this um, uh, this interview here. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate your time. Um, inspiring the people—that's what we do here. We want to show the people perseverance and just uplift in this moment of time. So Keisha, um, you have, I see that you have a program called um, Crown for Purpose. Um, so before we get into that, because that's geared toward the 13 to 17 years of age, I believe. But before we get into that, what was the teenage Keisha like? Ooh, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Teenage Keisha um, was very interesting. Only child. Um, mm. Grew up, for the most part, in a two-parent home. But once that two-parent home changed, then everything with her changed. So she was battling identity issues, low self-esteem. She went from being bullied to being a bully. Um, mm. Anger issues. Um, sexual abuse um, oh girl mm, teenage mm. Keisha was oh gosh <laughs> just thinking about it she was a, she was a lot um, those those that time frame I went through a lot a lot of changes um, and every day was just like mind boggling on an emotional roller coaster ride um, I dealt with mommy issues um dealt with being separated from my dad, which is like my best friend. Um, it was, a, it was a lot. And I'm sitting here thinking about like, man, those teenage years were no joke. Oh my goodness. Now you said being bullied to becoming a bully. Now y'all, I know y'all can't see Keisha right now, but Keisha is a dime plus 99. So <laughs> what could they possibly bully you on? I swear they find anything. Girl, listen, I was, of course, I'm. You know me. I'm short. I'm four eleven. So for mm. me, um, I went to a lot of different schools because I had such bad anger issues. I got um, in trouble a lot at school for fighting. So it was always <laughs> I was the new kid. I was short. I had braces. I had a Jerry curl. So I was always oh, wow. mm. being bullied. But 
I was also the quiet kid. So, you know, it's just like a, a, a time bomb. So I just kept taking and dealing with things. And then after a while, I just kind of, the time bomb just went off. And I went from being bullied to being bu- to being the bully and just started mm-hmm. taking my anger and things that I was dealing with. I just started taking it out on other people. I wasn't necessarily yeah. just going around picking on people. But I, you know how they say, you know, if I don't bother you, don't bother me now. Mm-hmm. You, know, you keep poking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the beats wake up, then that's on you. <clears throat> So for me, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, I'm going to let you keep picking. But you better <laughs> best believe <laughs> the tables are going to turn. And when they turn, it is not going to be any fun. And so it was kind of like that for me. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, then, you know, after a while, you know, it kind of died down um, because everybody was like, she quiet, but you don't want to, you know, mess with her. <laughs> and it carried over to my early to my early 20s when I you know finished finished um high school and into college and trying to do my own thing you know when we hit what we consider grown adult life it just escalated to like times 10 but right right it's kind of like it it just if if we don't deal with it it's kind of like it morphs into something else Mm -hmm. and um so I get what you're saying about that yeah, I used to tutor kids uh, with hands-on Atlanta back when I was in college for work study, and you can learn a lot from watching these children. Like, I knew if they were doing certain things, they're not just, it's not just coming off the fly. They're doing it maybe because they were having troubles at home or being bullied or something was going on. So, but when I was bullied, I was bullied for my big lips and my big forehead, but I'm looking at Keisha like, what is, what do they have to say about her? Like, goodness. Come on now. Anyways, (laughs) so how old were you when you first started wanting to make a change in the world? Um, who I feel like I'm getting old now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I would say once I once I became a mother, and I came, I became a mother at an early age. I started wanting, um to do stuff different but at at the time I was so immature um still learning myself learning my role as a mom and still wanting to be teenager college student all that stuff um but I always knew I wanted to do something because I didn't want people I wanted to make the world a better place or a safer place because I didn't want people to experience the things that I experienced although I know I can't save the world per se But it was like, you know, becoming a mom, majoring in in psychology, um, realizing that I wasn't the only person that had dealt with some of the things I dealt with. It was like I kind of wanted to do something but just didn't know when. So mid-20s, I'll say maybe around 25 or 26 is when I kind of was like, okay, I think this is something that I really want to move forward in. Mm-hmm. 25 so now when y'all see Keisha she looks super like she looks like she could pass for 18 and this has been I would say 18 to 20 and this has been since I first had the pleasure of meeting her it's like she just doesn't age she's beautiful and I think it might be because of how she is on the inside she's she's truly and genuinely a beautiful person inside and out you do you want to discuss your age how young you are I am 38 years young. <laughs> yes, 
she's 38. As, as she just, you guys have to see her. When don't worry, we're gonna give you all the information about <laughs> where you can do that at. But okay, now out of all of your mentoring programs, um, which one is your favorite? The Know Her, I Am Royalty. You have a lot of um, different things that you kind of dealing with so the crown the crown for purpose is a nonprofit organization and i know you mentioned it earlier there's two parts to the program and i i say every every business i have i love all of them they're all my babies crown for Mm -hmm. purpose is dear to my heart um and i can't say i can't choose one program over the other because there's a piece of me on both on both ends. The I am royalty. I love I am royalty because a lot of times when kids are battling um, low self-esteem, they've been bullied or they are um, coming from a broken home or they've been sexual abused, they are tore down on the inside. And no matter how they smile and mm-hmm. try to make, you know, make it appear that everything is okay, they're not. So I remember yeah. being... I remember being those ages and just wishing I had a mentor or somebody that could see past the clothes and the shoes and things like that I had on and see that I was actually hurt and broken. So mm-hmm. I am royalty is like really, really dear to me because again, I can identify with the with the girls at that age. Whereas I'm not gonna say whereas with crown her, we're of age, we're teenagers, we're acting out, we're discovering ourselves, and you know, we're dealing with the little girls that don't like us for XYZ, and you know, we're trying to come into our own. And then even until the ages of 18 and 21, so I can identify with that because I remember being picked on because I was pretty at a mm-hmm. at being a teenager and girls thinking, Oh, well, my boyfriend like her and he says, you know, I dealt with all that, but not realizing, hey, she may be pretty on the outside, but she got a whole mm-hmm. lot of other stuff that's going on on the inside. Yes. And you're trying to mask all of your hurt and pain. So when I look at both programs, again, they're both dear to my heart. I love both of them because I can see myself in, in both age groups. Um, but what I love most is just being us being able to give them that sense of hope. Um, and in a judgmental free zone to where they can be comfortable in themselves. And then once they actually realize who they are and their worth, it's like, man, that's like the highlight of everything or anything I can ever do is helping them love themselves again, just for being who they are. So it's hard to say which one, because I love both of them. (laughs) Yes. Like you said, they're all your babies. And we're going to just take a pause for a second, guys. That's why the core of this show the core of the whole changed up now what movement is is perseverance and the and if you guys always wonder why i always take it back with my guests because i want everybody to see how this person started and how they you know progressed and advanced and so as you heard she dealt with some things coming up as we all have but she was able that that mess was being able to transition into a masterpiece and so that's what it's all about it doesn't matter about where you're starting what happened to you before we all have different ways of coping but I mean could you agree with me that it feels good to kind of it's kind of like therapeutic almost to take what was what what used to be your hardship and turn around and help somebody else cross that same bridge absolutely it's like that it's such a honor to be able to do it 
I I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like I said, it's a high it's a highlight for me to be able to see a person yes. in that place and help them get to where they're supposed to be going. So yes, totally. Yes, it's like a natural high, mm-hmm. and I feel my personal opinion is if you have overcame something, whether it was rape or abuse or anything, and you struggled with it and you made it to a point to where you can speak about it, you can eat again, you can live again, you can breathe again. It's, it feels like a personal mandate is placed on your life to turn around, hold your hand out, and help someone else cross. So mm-hmm. you're doing a great job with that. Um, now. When dealing with children, especially with the mentoring, what would be your first your first focus? Would it be building trust or a bond or friendship? Um, earning their trust is important, and that's like the first step. Um, what I've come to find out, although your work, the goal is to earn their trust, a lot of times they're just wanting a listening ear, someone to listen to them. And okay. when you're open to listen, um, it starts opening that door or building that foundation um, for trust. So you build the trust with the child first. Mm-hmm. And can you, when do you know that, okay, this child is actually opening up to me? Would they, like, what will they do? Would they share more with you or kind of let their guards down a little bit? Yeah. And then you feel like you've achieved that? Yes, absolutely. So um, them opening up more, them sharing things with you that they have not shared or normally won't share um, with others is like a a kind of a sign Uh, when they get more comfortable with you. um, And it's, it's amazing how kids, how they think and how they work. And I spoke, um, spoke to a school, a high school class, a senior class, I want to say the year before last is 2020. And after it was funny because it was a mostly boy class and I'm going to make this a short, a very short story, but um, going (laughs) in the person that was assisting me that day, they were trying to figure out exactly how I was going to be able to connect with them because, you know, going into class and like, Oh, this is just another speaker. They're not going to talk about anything. You know, you remember being in school (laughs) like, okay, this is going to be boring. It's going to be a lecture. Yeah. 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 So long story short, I was able to connect with them very quickly. Even after connecting with them, when I got ready to leave, and this, I tell this story a lot because it's it's a heart tugger for me. Before I could get to my car, before I could get off of the sidewalk of the school, two of the girls had already reached out to me that were in the class to tell me that that they were recently raped. And I was like, whoa, wow. And it it was a tearjerker for me because of the fact, although I was only with them for 45 minutes, within that 45 minutes, they felt compelled to know that I was a safe place for them to be able to tell me. And they hadn't told anyone else. Um, so again, it's just, it's just about connecting with them and letting them assure them that you are a safe place and building that trust for them to know that they can talk to you, that they can trust you. Wow, that's amazing. I know that was kind of like an eye open, like a shocker to you to hear that, you know? Yes, it was. Goodness gracious. Mm. So I guess that then you kind of have to talk to them about maybe contacting authorities or if they're in a safe place. How did, how did that, ha- how did that go after so that? So after they um, spoke to me about it, I reached out to, to their teacher 
um, that the classroom that they were in was like, hey, you know, this is what happened, X, Y, Z. And so from there, she took it. Um, she took it. Um, so communicating between the teacher and the students, uh, one of the one okay. of the students, she did not um, want to do anything about it because at the time it was her mom's boyfriend. So it was a very, very touchy mm-hmm. um, situation with the other girl. It happened at school and it was by one of the athletes. So it was, oh my goodness. it was a lot. Um, just hearing them, you know, tell me and trying to work through it. Um, and I remember even for me, uh, one of the incidents, because I was raped and molested multiple times, I remember wanting to go to my mom. And I remember walking in the house to tell her uh, one particular time after school. But when I walked in the house, she was already in a bad mood. And I knew I couldn't talk to her then. And then um, another incident, I tried to tell her and she just dismissed what I said. So I understand, you know, wanting to tell, but you know that that door is not open for you to talk to um, your parent about. So it it was a tough situation. Correct. Correct. You're absolutely right. And that's, uh, you'd be surprised at how many messages we get um, about somebody's being uh, bullied. They came out publicly maybe because they didn't have anybody to talk to sometimes people take the social media and then they get bullied mm-hmm. like you you should have left the party early or why did you just you know yeah. and it's sad because that's why a lot of these cases go unreported mm-hmm. so and with the pandemic I just can't help but think of how many you know people are stuck in the house with their abusers so this is a very good program here. And if you guys are, if you know anybody that's dealing with this, um, one of the first things that that person may need would be a confidant, somebody that they can talk to and listen so that they will know how to help you and how to pray for you or how to just go about things. And if you are listening out there and you're a victim, just know that you are now a victor. You don't have to dwell in it. It is not your fault. It is never your fault. I don't care what you wore. I don't care what you sung about, your favorite song. I don't care. It is not your fault. You have to know that. And there are people that will help you with non-judgment. And I know that Keisha is one of the is is one of those individuals that will talk to you with love and compassion because she can relate to this. So it's, it's touchy. But just know that there there are genuinely people out there that can help you and that will listen to you. So, wow. Okay. So on a lighter note, um, I see that you have a partnership, like you have a partner, well, a partner program. So when a person partners with you, what can they expect and how, how do they go about that? Um, when an organization or a business partner with us, um, it's a, it's a partnership. So it's, it's beneficial for both, for both us as an organization, as well as the business of the organization. So it kind of just depends on what they are bringing to the table and then what we bring to the table. So with us, we provide interns, we do, we offer volunteers, um, and then our, my organization, we believe in rolling up our sleeves and getting behind others and support. Mm-hmm. So it's not a one-way street with us. Um, we've been recently partnering with another organization. And it was funny because when we partnered with them, we just went in just to help. We saw the need 
And we was like, hey, we just want to get behind you guys and support you. And they were like, well, what can we do for you? We were like, well, nothing. Just let us, you know, support. And that's what we've been doing in part. And, of course, we've developed a great partnership. Um, so for us, a lot of times, we like to just support others. We believe in what you do. Nonprofit work is not easy. Um, and it takes a village. It takes a team. So we can offer our services to different organizations when it comes to mentorship or teaching entrepreneurship and things like that job readiness so a partnership just kind of depends on what what their needs are what our needs are and how we can both benefit be um it can be beneficial for both parties um to partner like to partner that. with us is easy just go on the website we have a link um just fill out the link fill out the form and um, one of our team members are one of our team members will reach out to you and have start the conversation. I like that. So this is not just a, oh, we'll pay $50 a month and you're the part, you're our partner. This is more like a hands-on type of, like a reciprocate, what do you call it, reciprocated type of right, relationship absolutely. with your partners. Gotcha. Okay, perfect. So your team, um, you teach a lot of financial literacy to youth, and that's one of the great things that I like that you do in your programs for the youth. Um, that's something that's not taught in schools, so that's very crucial. Um, what do you focus on when you're teaching them, and how do you go about it? Trying, like, trying to communicate what could be a foreign language to little ones well everybody kids love money kids are smart <laughs> they know how to get what they want <laughs> when they want it my um seven-year-old he has this thing he wants a million dollars and he's like hey they play this wow. game called roblox uh, roblox or something i can't I probably am pronouncing it wrong and he all the time yeah, yeah that's he's right. like well mommy i need robux i need robux and i'm like so what are you gonna do to earn these robux are you going to do a chore? Like, it's not going to come <laughs> easy because mommy working hard for money. But kids are smart. And they, although they're not being taught at school, they're learning it on YouTube. They're le learning it on video games. They're learning about money, but they're not learn. They're learning about it, but they're not learning in depth about it. So with us, we break it down to their level, to where they understand. We're not talking in foreign language with them um bare bare minimum basics we're teaching them about saving um teaching them about budgeting teaching them about credit because those things are so crucial um for them even learning at an early age my kids will tell you quick if you don't have money in the bank don't you go swipe your card because if you swipe your card you don't have money <laughs> in the bank then you're going to be paying the bank more money I worked in mm. in the financial industry, banking industry for over 11 years, and that was one of the things I was very passionate about, was educating not only the youth, but the adults as well about money management, because a lot of us were not taught about money. My dad worked, he had his, he mm -hmm. had businesses, he, you know, made his money, but he did not teach me. I learned on my own trial and error, unfortunately, a lot of it, I just knew, hey, my daddy made money and every time I wanted something, I got what I wanted. <laughs> but then when you get to adults mm -hmm. you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> how does this thing yes. really work? And, you know, <laughs> so it's teaching them early so they can understand, so they can make better choices and better decisions um, and giving them better opportunities. Um, with my oldest son, he's 19. He doesn't know it. And I know he, if he listens to this, he'll find out. But I have when I yeah. 
started working on my credit, getting my credit where it needed to be, I started adding him to my credit cards as authorized user, um, as an authorized user. And a lot of times parents aren't aware that they can do that or they don't understand it, but I'm, I set him up for success. So, hey, when you finish school, you're going to have a good credit score. You have money saved up because, again, Mm -hmm. I was in school full-time, working full-time, had a part-time job working at Sonic. So it was like, hey, I was, you know, getting it out of the mud to make sure that he was able to have the things that he needed and to set him up for success. So with the with the program, it's basically just teaching them basic basic money management, credit and savings and budgeting, how to save and how to budget properly. That's amazing, man. I'm telling y'all, it's been so much like with this time that I call it time of transition with this global time of transition, I've been learning so much. Um, like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure people didn't know about adding your children on as authorized users for their um, successful setup. But I did, I also didn't know that with your own home-based business that your kids can actually be treated mm-hmm. as employees. Um for tax purposes. Do you do you have any insight I on that? For, I am familiar with it. Um and I do. I have two employees in my house. <laughs> in, okay. in my household. <laughs> Although my oldest son, he's working now. But yes, there's a lot of um uh, when it comes to tax write-offs, business write-offs and things like that, there's a lot of things you can do as a home-based um business. Um and I have to share, I'll share some of those tips with you off. <laughs> offline yes but there are definitely a lot of things you can do (laughs) and again those are things that we were not taught and educated on um but there are a lot of benefits for having home-based business correct you're right because the only thing I was taught as a kid now I did my work now I was a little entrepreneur I shovel snow (laughs) rake leaves mold lawns wash cars babysat I mean goodness but I was only taught to Mm -hmm. save so they got me a piggy bank. And, you know, the more I saved, the more it was piling up, the more candy I was able to right. buy, you know, <laughs> or some shoes or something. But to actually be taught on a, on a scale of how you're teaching it like this, these are real principles that they can take. Because from my experience, saving only is not going to cut it. You have to do more with that. So... I'm I'm excited. These kids that's, you know, coming up under you are they're going to be well prepared and better prepared than, you know, just going out there, finding everything out, messing up your 20s and paying for it in your 30s. It's like, hey, you're taught. With that being said, speaking about financial literacy, you have a new launch. Yay! Yay! Um, could you tell us more about A-List? So A-List Tax Solutions is my new baby. It's tax preparation. Um, I'm excited about it. It is fairly new. Um, We will actually launch tomorrow. I'll actually make the announcement on tomorrow, um, November the 1st. I will start marketing and advertising. But it was so crazy because I've been doing taxes for a long time. And even though I've been doing taxes over this past year with my business development, I've done more um, schedule A's and stuff with nonprofits and businesses like, hey, can I do X, Y, Z? Can you do this for me? I was like, you know what? I can. Let mm-hmm. me go ahead and make this another source of income. But I enjoy 
Um, I enjoy taxes. I've been doing it for a long time. Then, of course, my background in the finance industry. So I'm kind of well-rounded with it. But also I thought about how beneficial it would be for my business clients. Because, again, everything is based off relationships and trust. And I'm already doing everything you need to get your business set up. So let's work on a long-term relationship. And I can also be your tax prep person because I'm already aware of your business and what your business needs are. So it's kind of like just taking their hand from business to taxes and just building that relationship because it's already established versus going out to someone that doesn't know anything about you or your business or sometimes don't even Mm -hmm. care. They're just looking at you as a dollar sign and they're in it for what they can Mm -hmm. get out of it. Whereas I'm here to actually help and make sure that you're getting all your needs and your benefits that you need met. So if I'm hearing this correctly, this is kind of like two parts. There's the uh, you offer tax preparations as well as like a course. So um, the tax business is just tax preparation. It's not a, a course. I do business courses, but they're for new business development. So a lot of times when it comes to new business mm-hmm. development, most people, they want to learn, but they don't have the time. So they're like, hey, just, you know, can you set my business up? Of course I can. But then there are some that's like, hey, I want to understand my business better, which is really good because you, you know, you want to understand the ins and outs of business to make sure that you are setting yourself up for success. So I do offer courses, but they're on the business development side. Okay. And with this new endeavor, what is your overall goal with A-List? And when people, when clients leave you, how would you like to, you know, how would you like to leave them inspired? I would, when my clients leave, I want them to leave confident. I want them to know that they, their taxes have been prepared. I want them to be inspired to know that they're, they've been educated and they understand their taxes and with the understanding of what their goals are, even for the next year, when it comes to your taxes, hey, you know, I want to get in a new tax bracket. So, okay, with knowing that you want to get in a new tax bracket, what are some things we can do? Ways they can save more money. Um, so I want them to be educated when they leave. And I want them to know that they their taxes have been provide, prepared and the services have been provided by a trustworthy company that actually cares about them as a person and what's important to them. Okay. Okay. And then what kind of advice would you give to people like just general advice as far as going through, you know, with the pandemic, what kind of, what's the best piece of advice you could give? The best piece of advice in this pandemic, what I have learned and I've worked in corporate America, but don't put all your eggs in one basket. Um, If you have a skill, Mm, you have a hobby, if you can bake, if you can sew, you can paint, you can color, take the gift that God has already given you and make it work for you. Um, These jobs, they're jobs, but don't allow them to be your livelihood because again, these jobs come and go. And at the end of the day, they're going to take care of self. You're just another number to most of them. They are there because they know, they know that you can, you can produce and you can make them more money. But I've seen a lot of people in this pandemic just level up and step out on faith. And trust their gifts, you know, not saying just go quit your nine to five. That's not what I'm saying. Be smart. Use wisdom. (laughs) But work your side hustle. Because at the end of the day, you're going to make sure you're taken care of. You're going to make sure your family is taken care of. As we've seen with this pandemic, a lot of people have been laid off. A lot of people have been in financial bonds and all type of things. So my my Mm -hmm. advice, if you have a gift, 
or you like to do something, monetize it, make it work for you, set yourself up for success and build generational wealth for you and your children. Exactly. And I'm telling y'all, she's she's got something. Y'all need to connect because a lot of people have found out how much the workplace mm-hmm. cared for them during this pandemic. Okay. If you look at it, there's a cycle. There's a cycle with just working the regular nine to five. Now, I ain't saying there's nothing wrong with getting your coins up, you know, um, allowing your nine to five to be one of your main investors. But whatever your gift is, make sure that you're taking this time to invest in that and make sure that you're connected with someone that has that type of knowledge and literacy. So, um, okay, last question for the interview round before we move to our lightning round. Tears is kind of welling up in my <laughs> eyes on this one. I ain't gonna lie. <clears throat> and I mean this one from the bottom of my heart, you know, because I personally know Keisha. Now, you are a great mother. Since you are a great mother, you are a keynote speaker. I love the way she speaks, you guys. Y'all got to check her out. It's really from the heart, and she's very transparent. Um, you're a youth advocate, event host. You're a friend. But most of all, you are a great mom so as you know there's a lot of frustration right now some people's bills aren't being paid some people have lost their jobs some people's stocks have went down some people are just dealing with the anxiety of not knowing what this season is going to bring them so as a mother what advice would you give to a mom that's dealing with frustration right now okay Yeah. <laughs> um, it is. <laughs> it, it is. Depression, <laughs> frustration, anxiety, all of it is real. And I'm I'm a mommy of four. So when it comes to dealing with frustration, the most important advice, the best thing that we can do for ourselves and our kids is take a mommy moment. Step away. Go outside, light a candle, whatever you need to do to channel your frustration, even journaling. My kids know when mommy says she's coming downstairs to her room, they know mommy's about to light a candle. I'm popping my AirPods in and my door is closed because mommy need a moment. There, It's a lot um, mm. when you're dealing with, you know, work, being a single mom, the kids, virtual learning. One thing about us as women, we are strong. We take a lot. We deal with our issues and everybody else's issues around us. But we have to take care of self first. If we don't take care of self, we're not good for anybody else. And that's one of the things that I did learn in this pandemic, that Keisha, you got to take care of Keisha. People think you're being selfish. It's okay. Be selfish. Take that time for you. Whatever you need to do for you to be well, do it. And therapy is absolutely amazing. I have a therapist. Love therapy. Don't Mm. allow society, Mm. your friends, your family, or your children, your significant other, anybody make you feel like you're being selfish if you take a moment for you. Take a moment for you. I like that. Take a moment for you. Um, Now, she has a scripture on one of her sites. um, And she, Keisha also has a, she's, she's dealing with the makeup industry as well. Uh, But she has a a quote on there that I love. And y'all know I like to leave you guys with either a quote that they said or something that uplifted me. And her scripture is Psalms 139 and 14. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works 
and that my soul knows you very well. Um, so I just thought that that was a very profound scripture and how she put it at the bottom of that page. It, it was just, uh, it, it, it spoke something else to me in a deeper way. Like no matter all the makeup we put on, no matter all the hats we wear, we're, we're mothers, we're wives, we're sisters, we're businesswomen, you know, we are still fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, anything else you wanted to add to, to what that, that verse, verse to you? means a lot. And I'm over here teary-eyed and just thinking about it. Um, that verse <laughs> means a lot to yes. me. And yes, the cosmetic line, I love cosmetics. Um, I love the confidence that it gives us. Um, but with this verse yes. being fearfully and wonderfully made, sometimes we as women feel like we're not enough. We allow society, we allow our family, friends, significant others make us feel like we are not enough. And no matter what others think, mm -hmm. what they feel, what their opinions are of you, you, God makes no mistake. When he made you, he yes. made you exactly the way you're supposed to be. Um, me being a, a dark skinned girl, woman, I was always told, oh, you can't wear red lipstick. Red lipstick is not for dark skin. It don't look good on you. You look like a Jezebel. You look like yes. this. You look like this. When I tell you mm -hmm. my confident red lipstick is my super cape, I, <laughs> yes, I <it> is. <laughs> love my red lipstick because it, to me, it identifies. it For me, it communicates boldness. It means I'm fearless. And I'm comfortable in my skin. Yes. I wear all of my colors, but that red lipstick, my whole, everything about me changed. Yes. Um, <laughs> I once was yes. told when um, you put that red lipstick on, you just know. I said, yep, I'll walk in the room and own it like I belong up in there. So, Ooh, girl. <laughs> I seen that, baby. I seen it on the, I was like, Ooh, so with that. It, it just does. speaks so when, to you. When you it's, think about being fearfully and wonderfully made, you are exactly that and you are enough. Um, and again, God makes no mistake. So that speaks volumes to me because overcoming low self-esteem is not easy for any woman. So yeah. just always having that reminder that you're fearfully and you're wonderfully made just the way you are. Um, yeah. I always say we're imperfect people. Yeah in an imperfect world serving a perfect God. So, I mean, we all have imperfections, but embrace them and love who you are, just as you are. And, you know, and I want to, oh, I just want to leave you speaking right there with that. But, man, I'm telling y'all, when I had, y'all know, y'all moms can feel us. When you have a baby, first of all, when you getting in your 20s, after high school, I was very athletic. And I thought I could just graduate and still eat all my <laughs> hot wings and fried foods and be good. And then my body started catching mm -hmm. up with me, right? And then as a mom, it really started catching up. You got, hold on, uh, my my stomach ain't going down now. I had a C-section, whatever the case may be. So we we go around, we want tummy tucks and, and, and booty implants and breast implants because we think we're not enough. And I'm so glad, I don't know, Nicki Minaj really made me want to reevaluate my my hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> my husband was like, "You are you are fine, just mm -hmm. the way you are." So to have you know our daddy speak, our father God, you know, speak to us, and to have that reminder that we are enough. He created us, you know. So we are masterpieces, and you're right, we are beautiful. And Keisha, I see some of the most beautiful women 
you hear me beautiful that's struggling mm-hmm. with that that feels like no matter what they do no matter how they look they're not enough so I think that speaks volumes about you and your brand and your business mm-hmm. all right you guys so that wraps up the interview question so now we're just going to move to a quick lightning round it's when we're going to ask Keisha some questions now these are <laughs> random questions Keisha I'm- Put you on the spot. All right. Keisha on a Monday. Crazy. All over the place. Getting my life together. Keisha on the weekend. Ooh, hand that down. Red lipstick. Enjoying life. Favorite memory. Favorite memory. I would say this family trip to Disney World. Oh, okay. Meditation routine. Candles, music, incense, quiet space in my room. All right. Favorite Ooh, food. I love food. Um, <laughs> everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything favorite movie or show lovecraft country right if you weren't in your current field what else would you specialize in um i'll be a forensic psychologist (laughs) we got to talk about that okay one one word to describe you (laughs) i'm over here like one word to describe (laughs) that would definitely call me off i would say lovable lovable yes well that is the lightning round and thank you for answering those questions now are there any last words of encouragement that you would like to give to the the person that has the the entrepreneurial voice in their head right now or the person that just may be kind of dealing with identity in this moment for the entrepreneur just do it for the person that's battling identity crisis times 139 and 14. This episode was really dear to me because I'm also a rape survivor myself. You know, initially, it's not easy to wait for the scab of perseverance to produce that healing in your life. And I know this for a fact. I mean, oftentimes we put band-aids over the wound. That cover-up could be drinking, smoking, giving ourselves to the wrong person, self-pity, etc. right? But... When you air out the wound, do a deep cleansing. Let that fresh air hit it. I mean, really face that monster. This is how you push past your pain and move into that purpose. Can you stand that period of uncomfortability and walk over to the bridge of purpose? Guess what changed up now, what nation? I know you can. Now. To connect with Keisha, just visit KeishaNSmith.com, okay? Now, that's for the mentoring and the booking consults and things like that and to book her as a speaker. But if you want to get your taxes together and you have EIDL questions, anything about finances, check out AListTax.com and you can link up with her like that. Now, as for me. To keep up with the Changed Up Now What movement, make sure you visit my website, www.cu-nw.com. And remember, it is not until you are truly fed up that you will change up. But after you changed up, then what? Make sure y'all come back next Monday for more inspiration.